You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Galatians 5, we'll be reading verses 16 through 26. The Bible says, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. But if ye be led of the spirit, ye are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murderings, drunkenings, revelings, and such like of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. Now would you read verse number 25 out loud with me? If we, we live, live in, in the, the Spirit, Spirit let us also walk in the Spirit. Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another, envying one another. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. This morning, and by the way, I I missed uh, Haley. We're glad to have you and your boys here, Brother Chris and Miss Meredith. I know you're happy to have uh, your daughter and the grandsons here. And uh, if there's other folks I've missed, I'm going to try to catch you during the service. And hopefully I don't catch you sleeping. Hopefully I catch you, you know, I catch your eye. But... um, We're going to have a great, great day together today, and I'm so excited about next Sunday. And I mean it. I'm excited about getting back into our schedule. Some of you are so excited about getting your seat back on Sunday mornings. You have given up your seat for five Sundays in a row, and uh, actually six, right? Six Sundays, and, uh, but I'm excited about that. This morning, the message, I'll try to be brief. I've got a long introduction. I've got a short message, so, so stay with me and don't tune me out, please. But this morning, I'd like to preach about the fact that we need the Holy Spirit in our lives. I chose Galatians 5, and Brother Daniel read it for us, because this, I think, is one of the clearest and simplest explanations of what the Holy Spirit does in our lives and what we are responsible to do for the Holy Spirit to work. But as I was reading through the Gospels, uh, especially this last year and then the Christmas story this past month, I was amazed how that over and over and over again you see the Holy Spirit in the, the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and then in the book of Acts. I was amazed at how you see the Holy Spirit of God in the Christmas story, uh, and we'll talk about that in a moment. But I believe this morning, without a doubt, that every one of us that is a child of God, you've been saved, you've been born again, we need the Holy Spirit of God in our lives every single day. When I say we need the Holy Spirit, I'm not talking about needing the Holy Spirit like we need coffee. I got some of your attention there. Because you say, Pastor, I need coffee, and I do too. But I want to tell you, I'm not talking about that kind of need. I'm talking about an even greater need. Uh, I need the Holy Spirit more than I need. And I've got, sorry about that. (laughs) I've got an explosion going on up here. You know, those sound men will do anything to get attention. Isn't that amazing? I'm just teasing. Uh, I uh, I have a cell phone. Many of you have a cell phone. And you know, 
it's amazing when you don't have it. It's amazing how much you think you need it. I've got, to, I've got to have my text messages. I've got to be able to make a phone call. I've got to be able to check this. I've got to be able to check this. I need a GPS. I need whatever, email. But you know, the truth is we could all survive without a cell phone. How many of you remember when everybody survived without a cell phone? Yeah, those were better days, huh? I need, and I think we all need, uh, automobiles. Uh, unless you work at home and you live down the street, you know, and we've got some folks that live right in this area and maybe you could make it without it. We need that. That's, that's a need today. But the truth is we could all survive without an automobile. But when I say that we need the Holy Spirit, I'm talking about things like food. We need food. You cannot live without food. I'm talking about uh, oxygen. You cannot live without oxygen. You have to breathe. Uh, you cannot make it without water. I'm talking about those types of things. And I want to say we need the Holy Spirit more than we need food, more than we need water, more than we need oxygen, certainly more than we need automobiles and uh, cell phones and coffee. And you, you fill in the blank, whatever it is you think you need. I want to say today that you need and I need the Holy Spirit more than these things. Father, I pray that you'd speak to our hearts and give us what we need from the word of God this morning. We ask and pray these things in Jesus' name and for his sake, amen. Our theme for 2023 this entire year has been to follow Jesus. But if I'm gonna follow Jesus and if you're gonna follow Jesus, we need the Holy Spirit to be at work in our lives every day. You see, the Holy Spirit leads us, and the Holy Spirit guides us, and the Holy Spirit directs us, and the Holy Spirit points us to Jesus every single time. When Jesus left this earth, he promised that he would send the Holy Spirit. I want you to hold your place in Galatians 5 and turn with me, please, to the Gospel of John. I want you to see in John chapter 14, when Jesus gave the promise that the Holy Spirit of God would come, he said in John 14, verse 26, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Notice John 15, John 15 in verse number 26. But when the comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me. Notice John 16 and verse 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you, but if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he is come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Verse 13, howbeit when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. He shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. You see, we can't make it without the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I'm going away, but I'm sending you the Holy Spirit, and you need the Holy Spirit. He's the spirit of truth. He's the spirit that leads and guides. He's the spirit that glorifies Jesus. He's the Holy Spirit of God, of the, the, the part of the Godhead, the Trinity, the Holy Spirit of God that we must have in our lives. You say, well, pastor, how do you get the Holy Spirit? I'm glad you asked. You get the Holy Spirit by being born again. 
You get the Holy Spirit by becoming a child of God. The Holy Spirit comes to live inside of you. And you say, well, pastor, I'm good because I'm saved. So I've got the Holy Spirit. And I would say to that, you're absolutely right. You have the Holy Spirit if you're saved. But the question is, does the Holy Spirit have you? You have the Holy Spirit. You've got all of the Holy Spirit you're ever going to have because you got saved. But how much of the Holy Spirit, how much of you does the Holy Spirit have control of? That's where we get to Galatians 5. And the Bible tells us what our responsibility is to the Holy Spirit. It says in verse number 16, we are to walk in the Spirit. Uh, Your walk, that's your everyday life. Every day we must walk in the Spirit. You say, what's the alternative? Walking in the flesh. And the flesh is the old nature. The old sinful nature that says, I want to do what I want to do because I want to do it, right? And every one of us have a flesh. But the Holy Spirit desires that we walk in Him rather than walking in the flesh. Notice Galatians 5, verse 18. The Bible says we are to be led of the Holy Spirit. Who's leading in your life? Is it the flesh or is it the Spirit? The Bible says in verse 22, the fruit of the Spirit. You want to find out if you've got the Holy Spirit having control in your life? Well, find out, do you have the evidence? Do you have the fruit? The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And can I tell you, we ought to have those fruits. We ought to have those evidences. Verse 25, it says we are to live in the Spirit. Chapter 6, in verse number 8, the Bible says that we are to uh, sow to the Spirit. That means we're planting seeds every day, and we're planting seeds, uh, uh, seeds sown to the Spirit or seeds sown to the flesh. You get to Ephesians chapter uh, uh, 4, and the Bible says we are to grieve not the Holy Spirit. The Bible says in Ephesians 5.18, we are to be filled with the Spirit. And then chapter 6 and verse 18 of Ephesians, the Bible says we are to pray in the Holy Spirit. You ever thought about that? Every time you pray, your prayer and my prayer ought to be prayed in the Holy Spirit. Not my will, but thy will be done. Not what I want, but what does the Holy Spirit want for me and for my life? You get to 1 Thessalonians 5 and the Bible says, commands us not to quench the Holy Spirit. So what does it mean to quench? It means to extinguish. Uh, We have uh, in these hallways and in our classrooms and in these uh, back rooms here, we have fire extinguishers. We've got them in the lobby. And those fire extinguishers, if there is a fire, I ask that you please use those fire extinguishers. (laughs) We don't want to throw gasoline on that fire. We want to put it out. But when the Holy Spirit shows up and the Holy Spirit is working in your life, don't quench him. When the Holy Spirit starts working in your spouse, don't quench the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit starts working in your children or working in your parents or working in your coworkers, don't quench the Holy Spirit. Encourage that. That's that's a fire you want to keep going because we need the fire and the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We we go back to Genesis. You don't have to turn there, but Genesis chapter 1. The Bible tells us in creation that the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters we get to Matthew chapter 1 and we find the Holy Spirit is found in Matthew chapter 1 the Holy Spirit is found in Mark chapter 1 the Holy Spirit is found in Luke chapter 1 the Holy Spirit is found in John chapter 1 the Holy Spirit is found in Acts chapter 1 I encourage you to go back and read those chapters and see where the Holy Spirit of God is 
Can I tell you, we need the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not an extra. The Holy Spirit is not just something that preachers need or singers need. The Holy Spirit is not just some, someone that the missionaries need, but the Holy Spirit is someone that every one of us who is a child of God, we need the working and the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives every single day. So here's the question. There's the introduction. Let me give you the message. Why do I need the Holy Spirit? Turn with me, please, to Matthew chapter 1. And I want you to see why we need the Holy Spirit. I was telling Brother Daniel uh, McManus, which, Daniel, we're glad you're back. We, I'm glad you got some time with your family, and I hope you'll uh, pray for David and Jen. They'll be back uh, Tuesday from California visiting with Miss Jen's family. But, Daniel, we were talking this morning, and uh, I was telling Daniel how that I was studying for the, the Christmas messages, and I, just, I kept just seeing the Holy Spirit uh, in the Christmas story. It just, it just blew my mind. And then I started to expand, not just the Christmas story, but I started seeing in the, the, the beginning of all four Gospels, and I began seeing the, the uh, emphasis and the importance of the Holy Spirit of God in these passages. And I want to share a few thoughts quickly with you this morning. Why do I need the Holy Spirit? Number one, I want you to look at Matthew chapter 1 and verse number 18. The Bible says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was a spouse to Joseph before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Can I tell you why we need the Holy Spirit? Because the Holy Spirit can do the miraculous. You see, Mary was not expecting a baby from Joseph or any other man. Mary, that which was conceived in her, the Bible says, it was from God. It was from the Holy Spirit of God. And I want to tell you, the Holy Spirit can do the miraculous. There's no other explanation for a virgin birth. And you say, well, what's so important about a virgin birth? I'm glad you asked. Without a virgin birth, you and I would not have a Savior. You and I would not have salvation. You and I would be on our way to hell with no hope. You say, but what if I went to church a lot? And what if I got baptized? And what if I did a lot of good things? Then I would say, you would still go to a place called hell because there's only one way that you can be saved, and that is through Jesus Christ. And we all needed a Savior. And there was nothing we could do to save ourselves. And the Holy Spirit of God moved upon Mary. And the Holy Spirit did that which was miraculous. Can I tell you, we need the Holy Spirit today because we all need to be saved. And the Holy Spirit was at work. And the Holy Spirit brought forth in Mary that baby, that child, that, that Savior, Jesus. And Jesus Christ lived. And Jesus Christ died. And Jesus Christ rose again and he lives forevermore. And here's the good news. He wants to save you. And he can save you. And he will save. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The Holy Spirit did a miraculous work uh, at the virgin birth. The Holy Spirit did a miraculous uh, work at creation. But the Holy Spirit wants to do a miraculous work in your life. The Holy Spirit can save you. And the Holy Spirit can bring salvation into your life. And you say, but pastor, I don't, I don't understand it. I don't know how God could save somebody like me. I got news for you. He can save anybody. 
Doesn't matter how bad you are. Doesn't matter how far you've gone. Doesn't matter uh, uh, how, how, how distant he seems from you. I want to tell you, the Holy Spirit can do a miracle in your life through salvation. The Holy Spirit did a work in creation. The Holy Spirit did a work in the virgin birth. The Holy Spirit does a work in our salvation. The Holy Spirit did an amazing work at Pentecost in the book of Acts. I'll, I'll get there maybe later, maybe not. But we need the miraculous. You see, there's nothing we can do to save ourselves. We need a miracle. We need a Savior. And the Holy Spirit does that which is miraculous. Number two, I want you to look at Matthew chapter 1 and verse 20. Not only does the Holy Spirit do the miraculous, but the Holy Spirit brings life where there is no life. Chapter 1 and verse 20, the Bible says, But while he, that is Joseph, thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. Well, what do we know about that word conceived? That is the, the beginning of life. As Bible believers, we believe and we understand that life begins with conception. And so here, Mary, that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit brought life where there was no life. I want you to hold your place in Matthew 1. I want you to turn back with me to the book of Ezekiel. Ezekiel chapter 37. In this passage, this passage right here is one of my favorite passages when it comes to the life and the power that the Holy Spirit can bring for us today. It says in Ezekiel 37. You say, well, it's Old Testament. I know, but wait till you see what it says. Ezekiel 37, verse 1. The hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley which was full of bones. Ezekiel 37, verse 2. And caused me to pass by them round about and behold, there were very many in the open valley. And lo, they were very dry. The Spirit of God takes Ezekiel out into a valley. And in this valley, there are bones. We're talking about skeletons. We're talking about people that were dead, people that had been long dead. There was no life. As a matter of fact, these bones, the Bible says, they were dry. <laughs> they were very dry. But then verse number 3, And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. <laughs> Ezekiel said, Lord, you know, I kind of personally doubt it, but you know the answer. Verse 4, again, he said unto me, prophesy upon these bones and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, behold, I will cause breath to enter into you and ye shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you and will bring up flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and ye shall live and ye shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise. Behold, a shaking. And the bones came together, bone to his bone. Verse 8, but when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came up upon them, and the skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. So these bones are now covered with skin, and, 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 and the, the skin has underneath it the muscle and the tissue, but there is a, a, a body, but there is no life, there is no breath. Verse number 9, then said he unto me, prophesy unto the wind, 
That's interesting. The wind in the Bible often speaks of uh, the, the sovereignty of God, that God is contro- in control. But also the wind is found in Acts chapter 2 where there was a sound of a rushing mighty wind when the Holy Spirit of God filled that upper room and those disciples there. But we see that there was, verse 9, there was uh, the, the wind and uh, the prophesied son of man and say to the wind, thus saith the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me and the breath came into them and they lived and stood up upon their feet an exceeding great army. You say, pastor, do you believe that? I believe that as sure as I'm standing here today. You say, why do you believe that? Because the Bible said so. Well, do you believe that do you believe that the whale swallowed Jonah? Yep. I like what one preacher said. He said, I believe it. And the truth is, I'd believe it if it said that Jonah swallowed the whale. You say, how come? Because God said so. And if you're just waking up, God didn't say that Jonah swallowed the whale. God said the whale swallowed Jonah. I just wanted to clarify that. So in Ezekiel 37, God takes Ezekiel out by the Holy Spirit of God and shows him this valley of dry bones. And God shows Ezekiel what he can do with a bunch of dry, dead bones that have no life, no hope, no future, no nothing. And you say, well, how does that apply to us? Well, notice verse number 11. Then he said unto me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say our our bones are dried and our hope is lost. We are cut off for our parts. Verse 14, and God promises and God prophesies that he will put his spirit in you. And ye shall live and I shall place you in your own land. Then shall ye know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, saith the Lord. You know what brought life to those dry bones? It was the power of the Holy Spirit of God. And you know what can bring life to your soul? You know what can bring life to your heart? You know what can bring life to your marriage? You know what can bring life to your ministry? You know what can bring life and victory to your family? Did you know that the Holy Spirit of God, if the Spirit can raise up dry bones and give life, the Holy Spirit can bring life into you. The Holy Spirit can bring new life and there can be a new passion and there can be a new zeal and there can be a new excitement. And as we close out 2023, I want to tell you, uh, the best is not in the past. I believe the best is yet to come because God wants to do greater. God wants to do more. God's not done. And the power of the Holy Spirit in Ezekiel 37 and the power of the Holy Spirit in Matthew and Mark and Luke and John and Acts is the same power of the Holy Spirit that we have available today. And we need the Holy Spirit to bring life. Number three, quickly. I was telling Daniel this morning, I said we could do a whole series on the Holy Spirit, but we're going to try to condense it into just a few minutes this morning. Number three, I want you to turn with me to Luke chapter 1. Why do we need the Holy Spirit? What does the Holy Spirit do in our lives? Luke chapter 1, we find the account of Elizabeth, who was the mother of John the Baptist. We find the account of Zacharias, who was the father of John the Baptist. And in Luke chapter 1, in verse number 15, we find that the Holy Spirit is mentioned for the first time in the Gospel of Luke. It says in verse 15, this is a... Uh, the command or the instruction for John the Baptist. 
For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. And he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost even from his mother's womb. Interesting. Uh, by the way, uh, I don't believe that happens today. I believe that, that once the book of Acts came and the Holy Spirit came to dwell believers, I believe the Holy Spirit comes the day you get saved to indwell you. But John the Baptist was not any ordinary person. John the Baptist was the greatest that was ever born of women. John the Baptist was the forerunner of Jesus Christ. He was a, a prophet of God. He was, he was prophesied that he would come and he would make straight the paths and he would prepare the way of the Lord, and he did. But he was filled with the Holy Spirit, the Bible says, from his mother's womb. But then we get to verse number 41. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb. So that's John the Baptist who's in Elizabeth's womb. And when, she heard, when, when the baby heard Mary, the baby leaped, leapt in the womb. And the Bible says in verse 41, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. Oh, this is getting good now. We've got a son, John the Baptist, who's filled with the Holy Ghost from his mother's womb. We've got, secondly, a mother, Elizabeth, who the Bible says is filled with the Holy Ghost. And then we get to verse 67. I like this. And his father, Zacharias, was filled with the Holy Ghost and prophesied, saying... You know what we see in Luke chapter 1? We see a son... We see a mother, we see a father that are all filled with the Holy Ghost. And can I tell you what that, what that reveals to me and it ought to reveal to you is that every one, of it, every one of us in this room ought to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's not just for dads. It's not just for moms. It's not just for children. It's for the whole family. It's not just for men. It's not just for women. It's not just for teenagers. It's not just for preachers. It's not just for people that are uh, Christian school teachers or, or missionaries or Sunday school teachers or choir members. It's for every one of us. And the Holy Spirit of God, number three, fills individuals. I'm glad that we can have the filling and the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. You say, how do we get it? Well, I'll tell you one thing. If we're gonna be filled by the Holy Spirit, we have to be yielded to the Holy Spirit. Imagine that you are, and I know this is a silly uh, illustration, but imagine you are a glass. Just imagine you are a glass, okay, that you would put a liquid in. And if, 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 if I'm trying to fill your glass and you keep moving the glass, you're not going to get much filling, are you? And can I tell you, if we're going to get the filling of the Holy Spirit, we've got to hold our glass up and say, Holy Spirit, I need your filling. Holy Spirit, I desire your filling. I am available for you to fill me. A, a glass, a vessel must be available. But secondly, if we're going to be filled by the Holy Spirit, we've got to be empty. You see, I think one reason why the Holy Spirit is not able to fill us like the Holy Spirit desires is because our glass is already full. Our glass is already full of, of self and, and pride. and our, our glass is already full of what we want to do and where we want to go and how we think things ought to be. But wouldn't it be great today if a bunch of us would come and we would pour out our glass and say, God, I'm tired of trying to do my own thing and my own way and my own schedule and my own power and my own strength. I'm empty of self and I'm empty of pride and I'm empty of everything that I have and I'm empty so that you can fill me. 
And I want to tell you, that's what we need today. We need some vessels that are available, some vessels that have a desire to be filled, and then vessels that are empty, but then also I'll say this. We need some vessels that are clean. You say, well, pastor, I thought we're all sinners, and we are, but can I tell you, you don't have to stay in your sin. You don't have to continue in your sin. The Bible says if we confess our sin, that God is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us. Every one of us here today, we can be clean. We can be pure. And I know this sounds very simple and sounds very elementary, but a Holy Spirit is not going to fill an unholy vessel. The Holy Spirit is looking for someone who will be yielded who will crucify the flesh, who will put away the works of the flesh and live according to the Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit, number three, to fill us. Ephesians 5, verse 18, there is a command that we be filled with the Spirit. Quickly, number four, I see the Holy Spirit gives power. You're in Luke chapter one, I think. Look, turn back to Luke chapter one and verse number 35. The Bible says in Luke 1, verse 35, this is now speaking of Mary. But it says, And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. Notice verse 37. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. Brother Curry, I'm gonna switch to this microphone right here if you don't mind. I see number four, that the Holy Spirit gives power. The Bible says in verse 35 that the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. You say, how much power can the Holy Spirit give? Well, verse 37 says, with God, nothing shall be impossible. So here's my question for you this morning, and you don't have to answer it out loud. You don't have to text me. You don't have to write a piece of paper and give it to me. This is between you and the Lord. But what is it in your life right now that you need that's impossible? I didn't say what's hard. I didn't say what's difficult, what would be, you know, kind of tricky. I'm not talking about a bill that is $300 and you've only got $250. I, don't, I wouldn't classify that as impossible. But what is it in your life today that you would say is impossible? You know why we need the Holy Spirit? Because the Holy Spirit can do the impossible. The Holy Spirit can give power to the weak. The Holy Spirit can raise up those that are dead. The Holy Spirit can give life where there is no life. The Holy Spirit can give power. You don't have to turn there, but Acts chapter 1, verse 8. The Bible says, But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the world. Can I tell you, that's impossible. That's impossible that the gospel would go from a few disciples that were huddled in an upper room in the book of Acts and the gospel would go around the world. But guess how that happened? Through the power of the Holy Spirit. And guess how that happens today? Not through us. 
not through technology, not through our ideas, not through our abilities, but through the power of the Holy Spirit of God. Lastly, and I'll be done, Luke chapter 2, we see the Holy Spirit upon a man by the name of Simeon who is in the temple waiting for, anticipating the Messiah. It says in Luke chapter 2 in verse number 25, and behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. The same man was just and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Ghost was upon him. Here was a man who was filled. He was controlled by, he was yielded to the Holy Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit was all over this guy, Simeon. And it says in verse 26, and it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. I see number five, why we need the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit speaks to believers. Now, I understand the Holy Spirit can convict the unsaved. I understand all that. But the Holy Spirit speaks to Christians and shows you and shows me and directs us and leads us. And you say, is the Holy Spirit ever going to lead us contrary to the Bible? Absolutely not. And the Holy Spirit's never going to lead you contrary to what Jesus Christ has already said. But the Holy Spirit's going to point you to Jesus and the Holy Spirit is going to show you things in your life that need to be changed. You say, you say how do you know? That's not your conscience. <laughs> that's the Holy Spirit of God that's speaking. The Holy Spirit that says you shouldn't go to that place. The Holy Spirit says you shouldn't talk, uh, talk about that. You shouldn't listen to that. You should not partake of that. You should not be a part of that. That's the Holy Spirit of God that will speak and will show you. And how many of you know the Holy Spirit of God can save you from a lot of grief and a lot of sorrow and a lot of scars? But we must listen. We need the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit speaks today. I'm thankful that we're not waiting for a new prophecy. We're not waiting for a new word from God. We're not waiting for a new Bible. We've got the Bible. But not only do we have the Bible, we've got the Holy Spirit of God. We've got the author of the Bible that lives inside of us and that speaks and that leads and that guides and directs our lives. We need the Holy Spirit. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.